0: Go to school what do you
1: think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible parasites. Satan worshipping Freemason Moran.
0: There are much more powerful international forces in playing. Is this Pink Is this what Pink is? I don't fucking know what's
1: happening. <laughs> Please get outside and look at the moon quickly. It's been crazy, guys, but
0: guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because I want the to do free. this world, but I ain't spending any time on it. Welcome to the conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. I'm Jack the, Jack the Insider, that's who I am, otherwise known as <laughs> Peter Hoistead, you know, sometimes without the babble, otherwise known as Peter Hoistead for tax purposes, and today we are coming, or at least one of us is, coming from Ciudad Mexico, and yeah, that is that Joel.
1: Is right. Yes, it is, and as you can see, we are not editing this episode, so it is all out. All ugly truths are coming to the surface, including our stuttering, our fucking up, because I'm not editing shit. I can finally record and upload something because I've reached the internet-soaked shores of Mexico. And while it's been a bloody nice holiday from constantly marinating and cooking bullshit, I will admit I've still had my eye on idiots while I'm over here. Just a little bit, you know, just one eye. Yeah, got to keep your hand in. I have been crippled by utterly shit internet. You'd be very surprised to know that the internet in the USA, despite the fact they invented it, doesn't fucking work. They didn't invent it. We did. Yeah, well, we invented Wi-Fi, which I'm very proud of, to be honest. But the mobile phones here, they barely fucking work. The Wi-Fi in the hotels I'm staying in, admittedly, not exactly the fucking, you know, the the crown plaza, but they're just not working. Or it's just like, you know, it's just a complete bureaucratic nightmare to access them. So I finally went to Mexico where the apartments are adorned with these cobwebs of cables, which seem like a bit unruly and a bit like those sort of Indian sketchy power boxes on the surface, at least. But it turns out, no, they're fiber optic cables. It is beautiful. I'm getting speeds. that. Beat the shit out of my internet back home, and finally, we can sit down and fucking record. God bless Mexico. Oh, absolutely. So, look, later on, I'll give, take a bit of a moment and tell you guys about the state of the United States, because it's not as cooked as you'd think. And present to you this kind of low-effort episode. To just This is to remind you that we still exist, and we still love you.
0: Yeah, and let's hang on Joel's every word, listeners. A man who's seen the inside of concert venues, listening to that rock and roll music all the kids are talking about, and theme parks, all while skiving off, uh, because he has something to say. And speaking of rock and roll, I believe there's a biopic of the great Elvis Presley doing the rounds at the moment. Unsurprisingly, it's called Elvis, but it should have been called I'm a big dumb oaky who ate myself to death. It's all a matter of perspective, of course. And so let's listen to Joel on the U.S. of A. And even maybe Mexico. Yes, yes.
1: There'll be a bit of both. Because, Jack, I'm just going to say that that's probably going to be the title of my film if I die soon. Because I have gained a few
0: pounds.
1: It's a a lot. I am so fat right now. I've got an overhang. It's disgusting. Anyway. Just be careful
0: when you're on the shitter, Joel. That's
1: all I can tell you. I tell you what. Every time I sit down, I think maybe this is my last. This is the one. You know what? This is the one. (laughs) <laughs> look, 7-Eleven nachos will do something to a man, and I'm not sure what it is, but I'm finding out. So, look, due to the fact that I'm working of this 10-inch surface tablet, is tiny, you won't be getting the usual transitions and things. Don't expect the new sound. It's just not going to happen. Not this week. Next week, no. when you're back. <laughs> exactly. And since we've done fuck all over the past few weeks, we won't be begging for money as usual because we haven't fucking earned it. But we can say to our patrons, we will spoil you over the next month for your loyalty. We haven't had these sort of Karen-esque outbursts from you guys asking for episodes and demanding your yeah, money's worth, complaining that nice. <laughs> the dues. Really appreciate that because I tell you what, like, you know, we've either got really tolerant supporters or you're actually just like Russian bots who oh, are just well, automatically well, paying this well, the money. I'm not bots in there. There's got to be a few. My Twitter list is full of bots. Either way, we thank you for your patience. We and do. We'll reward we'll you with cool shit soon. Once I'm off this tiny piece of shit laptop and back to this, you know, nice, lovely desk at home with the two screens
0: and whatnot. Yeah, but uh, your home is a crack den now, Joel. I've been looking <laughs> it. Um But look on the right side. Discount crack. No, you can't yeah. knock that back. But no, now, yeah, I wouldn't. But, but for now, here's some news. So tell us, oh, wandering one. Uh, the United States of America, how fucked are they?
1: Not that fucked at all. Although, like, I was mostly in progressive larger cities. I was in Vegas at the start for just a day or so. Chicago, Louisville, which is kind of yeah, progressive, progressive. In the middle of a red state, but yeah. Kentucky, so you know. Cleveland, similar thing, kind of progressive middle in Ohio. And New York, of course, which is New York. But the vibe is fairly optimistic. And one of the reasons why I would say this is, is that there is just jobs everywhere. Yeah. And not only really that, but the, there's a high rate of pay. These jobs are offering, you know, you go and to a supermarket and they'll say, you know, job starting at $15 an hour. Now we had this whole Bernie Sanders, blah, 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 $15 an hour and the Republicans are like, you don't deserve money. And the Democrats are like, people deserve a wage. And in between that, the market, has actually come to an equilibrium where $15 an hour is what they have to offer to get people to fucking, you know, sacrifice their time to work. That's about $22 on,
0: Australian per hour. So that's yeah. getting very, very close to a uh, min- uh, minimum wage. Yeah.
1: I don't think they have much for penalty rates and things like that. And there's no. still that sort of sense of a slave class. But one of the things that I noticed was 24-hour culture was beginning to die. And I found this out firsthand when I put a Taco Bell order through after a Nine Nails concert and... Very upsettingly, I found the um the restaurant was closed. It was meant to be open till two a.m. They closed early, and I would say the reason why is because they're just fucking tired, and they're just like they're just done. And this idea that you know the peasant should work until wee hours of the morning so we can get whatever we want at whatever time. I think that culture is starting to die, and I think that might be a good thing. I don't think that's something that will be missed by people who participate in uh, it. That capitalism said, will
0: come roaring back, Joe.
1: I didn't get my taco bell at 2am and I won't lie. I was really tired and a bit dirty about it, but it was okay. We, we found other slaves to exploit. Mm. We still got tacos. But the thing is also that woke culture there is so much more pronounced, you know, like the whole go work, go broke thing is such a cope. Like there are armies of genderqueer kids running businesses at six flags. There were so many queer kids running coasters with like, transgender tattoos, and they've got all these badges. They have like the flair, like they did in like, you know, um, in office space. And like, there's so much like, just like gay, uh, like, you know, sort of iconography everywhere. So you can see why conservatives are losing their minds. In Australia, we sort of look and we're like, what, a few people are they them? Oh man, it's big over here. And it's kind of great to see. But I can see why people who, you know, walk up there with a fucking concealed firearm, see this like, you know, little freckled black kid at the checkout sort of, you know, speaking with a bit of a um, bit of a twang. And they're like, what? Gay blacks? We need to burn <laughs> this place down. You know, like that, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. It's every nightmare we've ever had. <laughs> One thing that I really enjoyed was I was just this is just incidental, but I was in an Uber, and Steve Harvey, who's known for his uh, role on The Price Is Right in the US, which we don't really know too much of, I've just seen it on movies and stuff. He did this bit about getting the the like you know the listeners who it was like an R and B radio station. And he's saying you know, like getting black the black vote out for the midterms, and it was great. It was like a two minute diatribe about how he didn't need to worry about. Uh, you know this sort of stuff, but they need to tax him more. The working man needs a break. You've got to vote Democrat if you're a black Republican. Seems you might like think a you're a Republican.
0: Very nice guy, Steve Harvey. I was a bit sceptical oh. when I first started looking at him. You know, doing the sort of prices Right, and, and what's the other thing he does? Family Feud, sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think that's a Family Feud a thing. I think Family I Feud. Wrong. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, not
0: Price Is Right. He does Family no, Feud, no. And, and yeah, I mean, look, he did. He, he got ripped off by his accountant. So he knows what it's like to be <laughs> celebrated, but also very poor. Because all of a sudden yeah. he, he owed uh, he owed uh, the uh, the U.S. tax office about um, uh, many millions of dollars. Uh, oh wow. so, so he's been on the he's been on the bump and ride a bit, but um, he seems like a really nice guy. I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear that. It'd, it'd be no, really it
1: was good. really good. I do wish like I sort of had a copy of it because it was one of the greatest, like just pure like black culture. Get out the vote! Don't be a black Republican, because I tell you what. You might think you're a Republican, but you're black to them, buddy. Don't think otherwise. And it was just this great thing. And I was laughing in the car. And Liz was really worried because she's like, he might think you're a Trump supporter because you're laughing. I'm like, but it was great. And she's like, no, it sounds like you're laughing at it, not with it. And it's like, okay, fair enough. But the other thing is, of course, in this sort of public polarization is the bumper stickers. And while we often see online, people will show examples of these Trump cars, all these flags and things like this. The left is showing up as well, man. Like, I saw, like, dismantle capitalism, kill Republicans, all sorts of stuff. I took a few photos of some of them. And one of the things that's interesting is that one of the ones I took a photo of, but I've seen a few times, is left-wing bumper stickers that were both, you know, uh, pro-LGBTQI, you know, pro-equality, blah, 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 but also pro-Second Amendment, basically stating that uh, if there's a civil war, it looks like there's going to be two sides. And one of them's going to be better dressed than the other. And I don't know which side I would see coming out. I mean, the right might have more guns, but fuck, they're dumb.
0: Yeah, it really but it's up. but it's really not. I mean, we do get that we do get that sense from a distance that 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 America is really on the on the brink of civil war, and that's really not true. is oh, it? I didn't
1: get that vibe at all. I did not get that vibe at all. And like I said, I was still going in these sort of progressive areas, but I was still going to sort of purple places like Louisville in Kentucky yeah. and Cleveland in Ohio. They're not that like democratic conflict uh, or oh, it Chicago K-
0: Kentucky obviously is yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah. but like Chicago oh I
1: mean like it was just progressive as fuck but that's cool I went to a music festival in Louisville and I saw quite a few second amendment t-shirts and things like that but I didn't see the let's go Brandon merch that I was expecting and I didn't see the Trump merch that I was expecting I, I'm like I'm just not seeing no, it on the ground you wouldn't but get course. it in Chicago <laughs> you wouldn't see no but in Louisville at, at the music Louisville, festival yeah, no, there was a there. lot of that sort of pro-gun stuff a lot of right wing sort of material but nothing specifically like fuck joe mm. bandon or you know kamala harris is a whore or whatever but one thing that i did see I was a that. three percenter I
0: at a firing range
1: yeah. teaching his tiny son to fire an ar style rifle yeah, and uh, this was in kentucky and he was just you know shooting at a person style target because it's, I was a so right, it's a rite
0: of passage when you turn four in kentucky <laughs>
1: oh my God, this kid was so fucking young and it was such a giant rifle, so fucking loud. And we were just shooting a basic handgun, um, which Liz was horrified in the fact that we were allowed to do on our own. But like, you know, you just go up there and you say, "Okay, hey, I out." It's, of you in know. The, it's, it's in the Second Amendment. Here's a gun. Here's a box of bullets. Do you know what you're doing? Okay, cool. Don't point the gun at anyone. See ya. It's crazy. Yeah. But um
0: but even yeah, if you so want like, to, you know, you know, <laughs> Even if you want yeah. to point the gun at someone, you know, it's yeah. your Second Amendment right.
1: Well, I mean, the fire, the range officer would come out and fucking slap you on the head. But uh, yeah, I would not want to get in that situation. But the thing was like, OK, so I'm saying that there's no like, you know, civil war signs and things like that. But I did see a three percenter out in the wild. And, you know, I wasn't really looking. So, I mean, there it does exist. One other thing is that city pride is hilarious. People like from Chicago wear Chicago T-shirts. Like who the fuck would wear a Sydney T-shirt in public? No one. Cleveland has these giant signs everywhere just like saying how great Cleveland is. And you're like, is it though? Like it's just a really weird thing where like locals participate in this sort of like sense of identity based on their state and their city. Whereas in Sydney, we're like, oh, I guess it's less shit than Melbourne.
0: Yeah, well, we've only yeah. This is this is the, this is the issue with Australia. We only have a fixed number of of, of large cities, and in, in the United States, there are there are so many more. I mean, our, yes. our city Sydney and Melbourne are, are right up there in terms of population with some of the biggest cities in in the United States. Obviously, New York City, not. You know, would be a mile ahead, but but um, but then there are so many other cities with you know sort of two hundred fifty thousand to one million type populations. so just so many of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like they've got this sort of sense of like you know sort of atomized pride and stuff like that. I respect it, but it's just it's weird to see because you don't expect people to be. Locals. I love New
0: York. Yeah, yeah, wearing
1: shit like that. It's tourist stuff, right? It's not. It's locals heart, I love New that York. shit. Mm. Mm. Crazy. So the other thing, of course, is inflation. You can't avoid it. I've been to the States a million times. Everything is expensive as fuck. It's even worse than the fact the Australian dollars. Oh, yeah, once broke. you do
0: the conversion, it's it's real ugly. But, yeah, the inflation rate's running at around about 8% at the moment. We're not far away, Joel. Um, the CPI comes out quarterly, but um, the Australian Bureau of Statistics is now doing a monthly update. So on the, on the sort of last month complete, we were looking, and so we're talking, no, not September, it was August, we were looking at August around around about seven percent. So it's 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 uh, inflation is everywhere, and, and we're certainly not immune to it here.
1: No, and I think one of the things is this is the kind of thing that is probably a mechanism to curb consumption more than anything else because the kind of Western decadence that we're used to relies very heavily on a slave class. In the US, it relies on a slave class of minimum wage workers and developing world places in Australia like that. We are relying still on developing world that basically serves us uh, as people who are paid fuck all and are just generally subservient to our needs. I don't know if that's going to be sustainable with you know the rising tide of all boats coming up with the whole you know developing world starting to get I don't know toilets and things like that. Um, so with that, I'm not sure how this is going, but this isn't something we're going to look into today because I haven't researched anything. No, I'm you haven't even been to Costco,
0: Italy. Joel. You haven't even been to Costco and had their dollar fifty hot dog, and it will no, always be a dollar fifty. By the way,
1: I don't have a membership. Yeah, you know, they always ask me if you got a Walgreens card. I'm like, do I fucking sound like I've got a Walgreens card? <laughs> but the other thing, and this is basically where this is going to wrap up: two things. Concerts have metal detectors and SWAT teams outside. There used to be security at concerts, but I think since a few things have happened, especially the shooting um, uh, in, you know, sort of various gigs in various places, I won't go into it, uh, they are paranoid as fuck and they are checking and they have got machine guns at concerts. And I Better know, or worse in well, Mexico? Uh, Mexico, there's machine guns everywhere. Okay, yeah, well. Just yeah. fucking everywhere. And yeah, also The other thing is masks. In the US, masks are all but gone. Living with COVID is just one of those things. And we had a close call with COVID with a dear friend of mine getting COVID at the same festival we went to. We got our fourth jab just before we went. And we, we timed it to make sure that we were very unlikely to get it because fuck that. But masks we want. In Mexico, though, masks are quite common. And we even got a bit blindsided by it because we okay, were walking so, around so, so we're so like, So when we're talking about masks. somewhere like
0: Cleveland, uh, what's, what's your sort of best guess on on mask wearers? 10%, 20%? Maybe 7%, 10%. Right.
1: okay.
0: Like, real low. But really, you get, really low. But you get into Mexico and it's 25%, 30% sort of thing. No, no, no. No?
1: I'm talking like 25%, 30% on the street. Okay,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's and what like, I mean. That's what I mean. You yeah.
1: know, 85%, in like indoors. okay. Yeah, and some places they mandate it. I don't know if there's an actual like federal mandate or anything like that. But um, but even like I was in a situation where I've forgotten a mask and the guy pulled me up and I had to sort of like sheepishly go into a store and sort of go, do you have a mask? Because, I mean, I'm not meant to be here, but like, can you hook me up, please? Yeah. And it was all good. It was fine. And, uh, and yeah, and the other thing that I really like, and I may end up doing an episode on this because I'm really interested in it and I want an excuse to look into it, is theme park culture. They sell season passes to places like Six Flags and see point where I went to. And people just go there constantly. They have these little lanyards with their passes. They buy season passes of food and drink and they just go there all the time. It's a weird thing. And they're like, it's like a little cult. And it's something I'd like to look into because it just has this bat- massive cult vibe. And I don't know exactly what's going on, but I, I sort of, I looked at it from afar and just went, okay, something's going on here. There's... There's some weird characters. They're wearing all the merch. They've got like a Halloween thing. Fucking America's obsessed with Halloween. God damn, it's not even October, and they're fucking full of pumpkins. And they have these Fright Fest at these theme parks, and all the cool kids are wearing the Fright Fest t shirts. I would not be caught dead in a Wonderland t shirt. But these guys are like, this is like bling to them. It's a fucking weird thing. Uh, it blew
0: my mind a little bit. But well, it, sounds a, the US. it sounds a little bit cult like. And, um, uh, and, uh, just by way of segue, um, the latest episode of Tinfall, Tinfall Tales... For yes, speaking Shoss of cult. <laughs> ...and uh, and Sandy is out now. Uh, yeah. It, it, it just came out, uh, I think... Today. Just, uh, just broadcast, yeah, today. Um, well, perhaps yeah. uh, uh, perhaps yesterday for us in uh, <coughs> modest little Australia. Joel, oh, I don't um, know what day it is. <laughs> uh, um, so, so yes, so Tinfall Tales is out, and it features... Uh, a bit of a, 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 a with the with the girls touching on the mission to Melbourne, a protest over not one or two or three or even four, but five days in Melbourne. It's a cricket match. It's a test match. And we, yeah, it is a test match with no rest day, and. No. um and uh, and and so this mission to Melbourne has has been organised. Uh, we have, uh, the main organiser seems to be Tammy, but there's a Queensland group. The the, the Tinfoil Tales, uh, uh, Sandy and Sauce will will uh, keep you um, uh, keep you. Yes, uh, Tricky uh, Tritty and
1: like his like nine mates are coming down. And Taby Jane has pissed off the movement by basically umming and ahhing about Michael Gray Griffith, who is apparently a bit handsy. There's a whole bunch of drama involved, and it should be really funny. But the best thing about this. Is that whether they get a few people or not, it's going to be an absolute fucking flop. They have. It looks like it's going to be even
0: worse than that, Joel. It's splintered. I think uh, I think there were fourteen cars clocked at Coffs Harbour coming down from Queensland. So that's 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 thirty people. Yeah, that's a quarter. Very funny. Uh, And like
1: they've got other groups that are having other protests on the same day, but in other areas, and it's just this massive splintering of idiots. It's really funny.
0: Well, Sandy, Sandy just uh, flicked me a a link to a video from Tom Barnett, the the human farm, and um, <laughs> and and it's very funny. He's saying, "Don't go." Uh, he's don't go. He also said don't go in February because oh, the, the logic of this was flawless uh, because it's basically like masturbating and you're letting Robert. your seed fall on the ground rather than any, have any sort of sort of creative pregnancy. This is the, this is the vibe I was getting from listening. This is the way he talks, by the way. He's such a and, fucking and, creep. Uh, and Tom Barnett, the human thumb, uh, hailing from uh, the Northern Rivers, uh, has said, yeah, don't go to that. Uh, don't uh, I didn't go Fev- in February, and I told everybody why. And the response from oh, Big Gummit or whoever it was was to take that seed and seed clouds with it and cause floods. Amazing. Um, uh, Just so, amazing. So that's uh, that's what Tom was up to. Um, yeah. So uh, look, uh, we do strongly, uh, strongly urge you to. Keep an eye out for Tin Fall Tales. I think it's episode four or five, Joe. No, it's like no. six or seven. Wow. I'm sorry. It's, I'm seven. I'm, it's seven. I fucked up I'm, the number. Uh, that's right. There was, there was a bit of fumbling of numbers. Um, yeah, so uh, have a listen to that. Uh, Tin Fall Tales um, uh, with uh, Sandy and Sauce to bring you up to date on all cooker stuff. Yeah, and speaking absolutely. of which, speaking of this is sort of serious cooker involvement on this too, it was the CPAC seminar on the weekend. Yeah. We didn't have CPACs. We do now. In fact, we yeah. have one. We have one. It's a Conservative Political Action Conference, it was in Sydney over the weekend, and it featured the usual array of people who call themselves conservative but are actually reactionary by definition, yeah. you know? Fucking and well. I just want to get into that just a little bit, because <laughs> conservatism is... It may not be for everyone, but it is a perfectly legitimate political philosophy based on the notion that conservatives need only respond politically by legislation to organic change without causing uh, any change themselves by by legislative means, if you understand what that means. So you respond to what's going on in your society organically, and and you respond with legislative means there, but you don't do it. You don't drive the change. That's what a conservative is
1: make sure the government does not make things better do not improve society let society figure it out for themselves because yeah.
0: they're so good at that now, so good at that i don't actually agree you know i don't agree with it because i actually think that you know a progressive society needs to needs to fix some of its problems um and and often that requires legislation uh, that's and, right and sometimes you know the, the, the failing there is that, that that legislation will will not be quite good enough or it might make things worse and that's the problems that that's the potential pitfalls of, of, of progressivism but yeah. as I say conservatism is a legitimate political philosophy but these guys aren't conservative no you know, they're they, they are not <laughs> they, they actually want to change things back mostly, back to about 1950, 1960 at a pinch. You know, they want to ban things. They want parliaments to pursue culture wars and respond with legislation in stopping things that they don't like. And then they babble about cancel culture, you know. Yeah, I know. These are the the ultimate cancellors. You know, they are reactionary. Uh, And the CPAC featured, well, the keynote address was Nigel Farage, Fair Income. You know, it, it, it just proved that Australia is the sort of last outpost for failed political travellers. You know, it's like the final tour of Spinal Tap will always be in Adelaide, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because we hosted Milan, Milo uh, Yiannopoulos uh, after yeah, all. That you know? Mean, end, yeah, that was I mean, he was doomed everywhere else, but he still came to Australia with, uh, with the acclaim of the so-called Conservatives who were really... Lauren Southern
1: is an... Another example of that, she was untouchable yeah. in Canada and the United States, so she came to Australia yeah. and she became a Sky News contributor. Yeah, we, I mean, are, we, are, you know. we
0: are the final tour of Spinal Tap for, for reactionaries uh, yeah, and, yeah. and ultra-nationalists. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the CPAC uh, over the weekend featured a panel uh, 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 including Rowan Dean, Rita Panahi, James Morrow and special... Guest star, Libs candidate, Catherine Deaves. oh, be still Ooh. my beating heart. How, how did I miss out on that? Tony Abbott was <laughs> there. Amanda Stoker, Warren Mundine. What do those three have in common? Oh, that's right. They've all been rejected by the people at a ballot, right? Yes. But there they were saying, there they were collectively all getting together and pondering the future of the Liberal Party. What sort of future should the Liberal Party have? And these clowns, Panahi, Morrow, etc. These people think that the Liberal Party's future lies in it becoming even more right-wing. Yeah. After yep. the twenty twenty-two election, that told them, that told anyone who bothered to listen that, certainly in their old blue ribbon seats, there's been a fundamental um, uh, demographic change, and that is that oh. people in those seats are, are still high-income earners. They might yep. not be as high asset wealth as as, as in the good old days uh, when when uh, when Waringa and Wentworth would never be anything else but liberal. Um, yeah. But they um, but they um, uh, uh, <coughs> they they basically now <laughs> now having lost those seats to to this fundamental demographic change, which means the people who are high income earners veer progressive. Yes, they are veer socially progressive. They might not identify with the Labor Party or the Greens or anybody else, no. but they veer progressive. And so these people, you know, Abbott, Stoker, Mundine, etc., uh, and basically are railing at all of this and thinking that if they change, if they move the Liberal Party party further to the right, then somehow it be, will become more acceptable to people. And they people look just now. They want to rewrite history and say to, say about the Morrison government that it was actually sort of a, a left wing government in disguise. It's bizarre exactly yes. stuff. complete bullshit. But there were Cookers there too, Joel. Did you see? Did you did you notice any of this?
1: Well, look, I haven't been paying too much attention to CPAC. I know that Babbitt was there, which is hilarious. But of course, as if we wouldn't be. I believe <laughs> Topher Field was there doing something, which says about yes, everything Topher we want to know about there, CPAC. Yes. But realistically, when it comes down to CPAC, it's a Freedom Works production based on the same people that Daniel Morrison will talk about, the same things that Brendan will talk about on Bloke in a Suit News, when you start getting into what a lot of cynics will call the Blue Anon thing, which is actually just connecting the dots on what is happening behind the scenes when it comes to these kind of right-wing uh, disinformation campaigns that seem so organic but really have puppet masters pulling strings behind it. Yeah. This yeah, is a of part course. of it. The guys that are funding all that subversive bullshit that is turning people's brains into mush and making things like QAnon go from being a dumbass bullshit thing on 8chan into being something that is a, like a, a worldwide phenomenon, they're behind this. So the fingerprints of freedom works all over it and this kind yeah. of attempt to normalise oh, to politics. it. They were
0: straight out pandering to it. Um, Abbott, Abbott referred to the Liberal Party. He, he said it should always be the Freedom Party. You know, I mean, that's-, that's as if that's not tilting at windmills there, and uh, <coughs> you know, there was talk from from other speakers of compulsory bug eating. You know, um,
1: yes, I mean, like that's sorry. it's a it's something we covered in the WF episode, and we'll cover it even more. Yeah, but it's such complete horseshit.
0: Yeah, from a distance, it it, it 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 really did smack of a cooker protest, and and and, and, and as you say, there is. were plenty of uh, plenty of cookers there. But
1: well, the, thing- the thing is, is that conservatism doesn't sell tickets, whereas reactionary bullshit does. So if you had a conservative yeah. thing where it was just Margaret Thatcher platitudes and Anne Rand worship, then you're going to get twelve people there, and it's going to be a fun thing, and they'll have really nice cocktails because they can afford them. But if you put out this idea that the left wants you to eat bugs and the world is coming to shit. You will get cookers, and they pay, and they turn up, and yep. they fucking share that's on exactly social right. media. But the, but, but
0: therein course. lies the dilemma, and because because basically, you know, you if that's the way the Liberal Party wants to go. Now, this wasn't a Liberal Party function, but there was much yeah. discussion about what sort of future the Liberal Party has. As I said, you know, most, most of these people want the Liberal Party to shift further to the right, and really, yeah. you know, if it's going to if it's going to appeal to cookers. Then, then basically it is in a fight with one nation, very much a minor party over, you know, over those votes. That's where they're going yeah. to basically put themselves on the, on the, on the uh, ideological scale. You know, and I think rather than discussing what sort of future the Liberal Party has, the better question is, does the Liberal Party have a future? And the answer is somewhat unclear, and we'll know a little bit more in the next year or so, and certainly by 2024. I mean, we've got an upcoming Victorian election really just, uh, just uh, well, about six weeks away. Um, yeah, so. uh, and it looks like the Libs are just going to get absolutely poleaxed. I mean... Just smote. Uh, uh, you know, uh, we'll leave Andrews with a... With a larger majority than he than he currently has now, which is basically the length of the straight. Now, what I am predict, going to predict is that you will have a much larger crossbench in the in the Victorian lower house, and the Victorian upper house will be full of um, you know some fruity types as well. Um, yeah. uh, and maybe even some cookers, uh, some UAP types, and, and, yeah, and what yeah, have you. Possibly. But the the simple fact is that the Liberals will be belted, and they will be belted in some of, like they were federally, they will be belted in some of these blue ribbon seats. Mm. Bright, Caulfield, Hawthorne, Q. And those seats, once you, once they're lost, it, it's almost impossible to get them back. Yes. Yeah. So that will be, that would, that, Technically, it could return the Victorian Liberal Party with, you know, sort of a cricket team in the lower house, you know, and then they're, yeah. they're, they're around about an AFL forty team at the moment, a bit over, but um, yeah. but but that sort of outcome. And then we've got the New South Wales state election in March of next year, with it looks like a Labor, a, a likely Labor victory. Now that's not going yeah. to be a trouncing, but it no. will, but it will mean that um, uh, that the Liberals do not have a seat in government anywhere on the mainland. They still, yeah. uh, they still are the government in Tasmania. Um, uh, but no state or, 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 or territory anywhere on the mainland. And, and I can't tell you how, how bad that's going to be in terms of fundraising, in terms of fundraising, yeah. in terms of membership drives, in terms of all that sort of stuff. And then we look at you know where they are federally. You've got Peter as leader. I mean, I'm going to be kind here and say that he's he's he probably is, is got his eyes you know, in the right place in terms of just, you know, getting that sort of 10-second opposing message across every day um, to the media if, if, if the news is going to run it. But he's doing that okay. But the problem is he, like a lot of these people at the CPAC conference, uh, is further to the right than most people want. So the yes. Liberals have almost given up the middle ground, and that's a really dangerous place to be. Then, so, if we're going to go further into the crystal ball gazing, into the next federal election, uh, <coughs> then, you know, and that could be, you know, as what, 22, 23, 24, we could be in 24, um, and 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 with Peter Dutton still as leader, they will get belted in Victoria, they will get belted in New South Wales, they will get belted in in, in South Australia, uh, and, and, and really in, in this kind of, you know, very diverse political environment, you couldn't say it 20 years ago. The Libs and Labor, you know, the, even, even 30 years ago would have 85% of the vote. Now it's 70, 68, 70% of the primary vote goes to the two major parties. And if one of them has a real shocker, and they are basically sleepwalking towards that cliff at the moment, the Liberal Party, then basically it becomes existential. Now, I'm not yeah. saying there won't be a right wing party, and something to arise from the ashes, or something to come in its place while the Liberal Party is disintegrating. But if you want to have a good look at how quickly this can happen, have a peer across the Nullarbor. I keep saying this no political party is due a future in this country, is owed a future in this country. But but basically, you peer across the Nullarbor and you see where the West Australian Liberal Party is now, where they have, you know, I saw a a footage of of four guys in suits who were called, you know, the opposition, the WA opposition. (laughs) And and, and that's where you end up. And that's where the Liberal Party has to bother. I mean, it can... If it continues to navel gaze, that's the other thing. Voters hate all these political parties talking about themselves; they absolutely yeah. despise it. That's why I think Peter Dutton has sort of risen above all that sort of stuff a bit, but but um, but um, because he does have some political skills. Um, but yeah, he's been if if they think that a shift to the right and and basically departing the centre is their future, then I would say they don't have one.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree.
0: Mm, okay, we'll be back with all your favourite segments next week when uh, um, normal service is resumed and when Joel has finished putting his feet up and going on roller coaster rides. Um, but for <laughs> now, I just want to ask Joel if he knows which black pill fuckwit said this. Probably not. I'm not <laughs> probably taking. Probably not. <laughs> I'm not taking this anymore. I'm planning. Great grammar. I'm planning to sue the Daily Beast for this defamatory lie. It will be filed tomorrow morning. And who said that, Joel? Yeah, sure. Well, I kind of already know. It's that's Herschel Walker. It is indeed Herschel Walker, and we are, what Well, well, you know, he's the 12-season veteran of the NFL, and running you know back, uh, uh, and Black American, uh, and now running for the Senate in Georgia, endorsed by Donald Trump, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and. And, and, what could possibly go wrong? Well, you know, I mean, this is just, this is <laughs> this is every nightmare the GOP wanted, you know. So we awoke this morning to explosive accusations of hypocrisy ooh, against yeah, Donald trump yeah. back ex-football star Herschel Walker, oh, uh, a Senate candidate in the battleground state of Georgia uh, <clears throat> that basically Trump and other Republicans have endorsed. Five weeks out, we're only five weeks away away from the midterm elections, that will decide basically who gets to keep control of Congress. Walker, as a Senate candidate, uh, had made uh, no exceptions of opposition to abortion a key part of his election platform. That, you know, uh, Georgia. No exceptions. No exceptions. No exceptions. Rape, incest, nothing. Right, Nothing. health of the woman, uh, health of the woman, uh, of the, You'll die on woman, the table. all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, amazing, uh, no exception. And it turns out the Daily Beast <laughs> have have discovered a woman who asked not to be identified out of privacy concerns, and told the uh, the online uh, website news website Daily Beast that after she and Walker conceived a child while they were dating into two. 2009, he urged her to get an abortion. The woman yep. s- said she had the procedure and that Walker reimbursed her for it and she supported these claims with a $575 receipt from the abortion clinic, a get well card from Walker. Oh, isn't that nice? Get and, well. <laughs> a bank deposit receipt that included an image of a signed $700 personal check from Walker. So there's a fair yeah. amount of proof. Walker for for, uh, for for what it's worth, is saying it's a complete lie, and I'm going to see the Daily Beast. But yeah, good luck with that. It's yeah, it's just not going to work. And and yeah. and what this does, Joel, is basically just put that 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 um, laser focus on Roe v. Wade or the overturning of Roe v. Wade in the midterms, and that yeah. You know, so, so, you know, Walker can try and sort of walk away from this and, and say yeah. it didn't happen and blah, blah, blah. That will just continue the, the focus on his conduct with his son already coming out and saying, I, uh, uh, well, the whole family said, said to him, do not run as a candidate because all your dirty linen will be washed in public. And, yeah. and so that's going to happen now. That's going to happen now. There'll be there'll be some uh, fairly unhappy women who'll come forward and say that Walker did this and that and the other. This guy's a prick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, a philanderer at best. And um, um, but what it does worse, most mostly, much much worse for the GOP for the Republican Party is is. Uh, it puts that focus on the, the Roe v Wade overturn. And that yeah. will encourage a lot of people to come out and vote, particularly women come out and vote that might not otherwise have done so. Yeah. And I can that tell takes you from like, the, the ground, well, I'll mm-hmm. just tell you this.
1: On the ground, when I was in uh, watching TV in hotels or in, even in pubs and things like that, there are a lot of interest groups, ads on TV, targeting women on the Roe v Wade thing, basically saying, your choice is being taken away. Is this what you want for your future? Go out and vote in November. And mm-hmm. this is way out, of course, but they start playing ads like two years for the fucking midterms Will really even exist. They do. Yeah, at point. the same time, this isn't the Democrats. It's, pro- it's, it's the interest groups and they are hammering the airwaves with this sentiment. So it's definitely cutting through. They wouldn't be doing it if they weren't. They're not stupid. And uh, this kind of Roe v. Wade voting chip thing is going to be, like you say, the decisive part in the in the election. But not only that, but of course, you've got the kickback. I've seen several billboards, pro-life ones. But the difference between this is I've always seen pro-life billboards when I've come to the States. They're always there. They've never had a break. But now with this Roe v. Wade overturning, I'm seeing the other side where I've never seen, let's just put it, you know, sort of pro-choice. Um, I've never seen pro-choice ads or campaigning before. And mm. now I am. So I think this is the turning point, as you said, but I'm seeing it on the ground and not only in the progressive areas. I've seen it all over the place.
0: So so mid-week, mid, the midterms, I should say, are five weeks away now, and so it's really, really heating up. Now, what was expected, and indeed it's kind of recent political American history, is that the the party that holds the White House, uh, the, the, the midterms directly after that, two years later, uh, will... Um, uh will 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 we'll turn up the other party will have will will find a majority in the house and in the senate that's the way it's normally worked and that was the view that it was going to happen in fact there was talk of a red tsunami so yeah. that 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 the uh, the that the gop would sweep the house now the, yeah. the polling suggests that they will That they, well, the Democrats currently have a small majority of 220 members in the 435-seat House of Representatives, very, very small majority. But the and the prevailing view is, and the probability would indicate that that the GOP will take the House, but there won't be a red tsunami. Yeah. Uh, and furthermore the Dems, so there are 35 senators up uh, up for for or 35 senate seats up for up for election in the midterms uh, the Dems currently have a 50-50 majority. They have a majority because Kamala Harris, <coughs> as ah uh, yes, of course, yeah, yeah, has the casting vote. Um, yeah, uh, 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 so it's not
1: filibuster-proof, of course, though.
0: It's it's looking, and certainly with this business with uh, Herschel Walker, it's looking more likely that the Dems will have a fifty-one forty-nine control of the Senate, um, and uh, and 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 maybe. Uh, you know that they'll, they'll lose the majority in the house, but it, it may not be too. If you really get high voter turnout, one way or the other, it can really skew things. I mean, basically, the, the history of the midterms is that less than half of eligible voters cast a vote. So yeah. if you if you if the Dems are able to really get people rolling out to vote in the midterms uh, and and pull off an unlikely majority in both houses. Wow. The the, the consequences yeah. of that to the Republican Party cannot be overstated. And for Trump too. And for Trump yeah. too, because he's, he's basically endorsed a lot of these candidates and many of them are unelectable. I mean, even in American terms, unelectable. <laughs> um,
1: even in American terms.
0: So, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how it goes. If you want my tip, it will be that the Republicans will... Uh, will 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 have a majority in the, in the in the House, and the Democrats will have a majority in the Senate. And that in itself is is a bit of a failing on behalf of the Republican Party. But if yeah. the Democrats managed to on the back on the on the on the back of high voter turnout, manage to sneak a, a majority on going to the House and in the Senate too, it would be like ooh, this is. Really, really bad. It because no one likes Biden, uh, so it's something else. Yeah, well, look, Biden's ratings are terrible. You know, I mean, um, in the in the uh, mid to high thirties, um, lower than Trump's were. Um, yeah, um, Trump's Trump was unpopular really from the get go, but 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 Biden has slipped into into the high thirties approval ratings. So you know, and there are as as you pointed out other issues: inflation, employment. Crime, immigration yeah. policy, you know, where you are at the moment, um, uh, the, the numbers flooding across the border are really staggering. It's sort of, you know, on on pace for about 2 million, uh, 2 million yeah. this year, and it was yeah. 1.4 million last year on the back of about yeah. 100,000 in Trump's last year of presidency. And That's those right. things really unsettle Americans. I mean, you've got people in Ohio, for example. Agitating about immigration and, and you know a loss of border control if you Which want.
1: is the north of the country, of course.
0: Yeah, of course it is. So so yeah. th- so these things it's are it's usually
1: southern states that are political, political stuff, issues. I'm not I'm not suggesting
0: I, I don't have a, a you know I'm I'm not suggesting one view or the other, but but you do find that in, in particularly in these sort of Midwest seats, there is great consternation about about what's going on in the Mexican American border. Um, yeah, I totally. And, and so those are those are rather big issues that, that might still have an impact. But if there's a big roll out, big turnout on, on the Roe v Wade backlash, then look out. Yes. And that brings us to Donald Trump, Charles. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. There's uh,
1: some secret documents uh, that uh, may or may not be classified because oh, he may uh, or may not have thought about their
0: classification at some point. <laughs> he can declassify telekinesis. It. He, he can um, just a click of the fingers and then declassify. Look, uh, the castle
1: started this with the vibe and then he somehow got the vibe and now he's <sighs> like, oh, oh, so Dennis Denudo set a legal precedent with the vibe. I'm going to vibe my way out of this. Yeah, Solid look, that's religion. how it
0: is. I mean, look, it, what it looks like to me is that it's just going to get bogged down in in uh, in claim and counterclaim in the court. If you can't
1: win, delay. That is a fundamental so legal principle. What we
0: got, what we got, with the U.S. federal uh, uh, judge uh, appointing um, uh, a special master uh, appointed to review the material, special master. then that got overturned in the U.S. Court of Appeals, and now Trump is going to go to the Supreme Court to basically reinstall that special master um so you know if you ask me these things are just going to run almost in perpetuity in the courts um he's now taking as i say now going to the scotus to have this to have this special master reappointed Uh, and that would just mean a slowing down so this is just a you know this is just procedural stuff you know uh so he's got those problems you know he's got that he's got that particular problem he's got continued problems uh with the congressional hearings into uh, insurrection day he's also sort of gonna pop up a fair bit in the in the in the criminal trials of uh, the oath keepers including their leader um yeah. who have been charged with um uh they've been charged with uh, conspiracy to commit sedition or uh, seditious conspiracy, I think the formal charge is, and and their defence, Joel. Have you heard? This? Their defence is. Well, we weren't going to do anything, but we were waiting for Trump to trigger the Insurrection Act, which is basically uh-huh. the installation of martial law in the United States, which obviously didn't happen. And from what no. we know, in D.C. at the time, wasn't even seriously considered. But that's their defence, no. that they were waiting for Trump to pull the ins- It's not much of a defence, to be
1: honest. No, it's really not. Uh, and,
0: it's and that's going to something really the that Cookers are talking trial. about
1: a lot. They were saying, you know, there's going to do martial law, blah, 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 but because he won the election. And there was this whole thing about that. And there was the Insurrection Act and all this sort of stuff. That was conspiratorial. That was crazy fringe shit. And it looks like what's happened. And there was an article saying uh, recently that Trump alone is keeping QAnon alive. And like I said, I've been keeping one eye on things.
0: He's been Q posting like hell of like, yeah. I mean...
1: It's the same thing with the CPAC and, you know, this sort of freedom works legitimizing of this fringe to try and make everything radicalized. So it's like you're with us or against us. And there's this sort of like, you know, confected civil war idea because you put this asshole, this egotistical moron into this situation where you've got stuff that feeds into his ego as opposed to mainstream politics, which doesn't, of course, where's he going to turn? He's going to do that and just fire up the cults and more. So you know, it's just uh, it's 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 a freight train going into a wall.
0: Yeah, like I say, I, I don't think the Dems can keep the house, but if they do, uh, you know, this would be a major focus—not just on the Republican Party, but the Republican Party's re- ongoing relationship with Trump would all be yeah. under examination. So, keep an eye out for that. Um, it's probable that it's that that that, that the Republicans will. Uh, uh, um, Win the house, and therefore they'll just put all this stuff off and say, "Yeah, oh, you know, we're rolling along at the moment." Um, yeah. Look, just, just, just finally, I, I watched the finale of, uh, of uh, a four parts documentary on, uh, on Jonestown, um, and, and it's called Jonestown Terror in the Jungle. It's available on Foxtel binge. The four, the, I watched the, the, the finale. I'd watched the previous three in a big chunk um, uh, over a week ago. The bench. Uh, and, and the and the finale is absolutely jaw dropping. And look, we all sort of know what happened there. Um, that uh, the Reverend Jim Jones took took uh, many of his followers into Guyana, established a, a sort of camp uh, in in what was called Jonestown. Um, uh, there were significant concerns about his conduct. Going back to San Francisco, uh, a U.S. Senate delegation. Uh, went to uh, Jonestown to see what was going on there, and that's when it all blew up. Um, yeah. <coughs> a senator was shot dead at the airstrip, uh, oh. um, <coughs> and ultimately, when uh, and a number of other people were shot and killed at the airstrip as well, and, and a number of a number of them survived, um, and uh, a number of others at at the actual campsite. Um, uh, at Jonestown, actually fled into the jungle and made their way to Georgetown, the capital of Guyana. Um, yeah. But uh, um, uh, 718 people died; 300 of them were, were 17 or younger. Many, many young children were forced That's to 100. drink poison. Those who didn't, those who refused to drink poison, were held down and um, uh, and uh, uh, injected with uh, with wow. uh, with um, strychnine and other. Uh, <clears throat> um, and other poisons, um, and uh, it's it's really just a you know it's a, it's a reminder of just how bad cults can be, uh, yeah. <clears throat> just an appalling business. Jones realised when the senator was was shot dead that you know the Americans would be. That cut. was it, yeah. uh, and and yeah. so he, he 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 demanded that all of his followers um uh commit revolutionary suicide it's a, it's a wonderful doc we sort of know that broad um, that, that broad um, story. Um, I have to say there are a couple of things that I learned that I didn't know and and one is that we, we talk about drinking the kool-aid it's all it's ended the lexicon um, yes uh, and, and and anyone who was p- particularly swayed uh, <coughs> or persuaded by by a leader is said to have drunk the kool-aid but it wasn't kool-aid that they used it was a cheap knockoff called flavor aid. Um, (laughs) And and so the cordial was was not Kool-Aid. So the Kool-Aid people must be furious about this (laughs) Um, um, because it was, in fact, flavor aid. Um, And um, look, it's, it's a wonderful documentary. If you get a chance to see it, the best thing about it is it doesn't just chronicle the events, but it actually calls on survivors to give their accounts. Um, yeah, wow. uh, and it includes Tim Carter, who who was there, who basically took off, saw, many of these people did saw his own child and his wife die uh, oh and, and fled the camp. Uh, it involves uh, Jim Jones Jr., who, who was the adopted uh, black American uh, son of, of uh, Jim Jones, who, um, uh Leslie Wagner Wilson who who also survived. These people suffered enormous survivor's guilt for the rest of their lives. Once the bodies were all scooped up, the US military turned up Guiana and, and, and recovered the 718 bodies. Um these people just got off a plane and went to San Francisco and 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 they were just sort of they spent the next 20 years, you know, with PTSD and Huge yeah. trauma and just wandering around and seeking some sort of seeking some sort of um, um, uh, meaning in their lives. Some of them have come to, you know, a better, um, uh, uh, better psychological states, but it, but they will spend the rest of their lives dealing with it. The really interesting thing was this cult like behaviour, even after all this time, and and of course um Stan was uh, uh, <coughs> um, uh, basically in 1979. So, so, so the, the really interesting thing was that they interviewed a number of survivors throughout the program, obviously. But they said to them, you know, what was what was Jones. What was the Jones cult like, and 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 uh, uh, it's known as the, the People's Temple, and they and they actually yeah. said, you know, we as as a group of people, we did good things. You know, they were yeah. still sort of clinging to this idea of yeah. it. Not the Jones, not the not the not the monster that Jones became, but that they were out doing good deeds for. For, uh, for, for the planet on the basis of this. And he said, you know, that, you know, we, I made many great friends there and all this sort of stuff. It also includes the account of Jackie Speier, who went on to become a, a US Congresswoman, uh, and she was part of that Senate delegation uh, as a political staffer at the time. She was shot twice uh, at the airstrip. Just a staggering, staggering story. For those who don't know the Jonestown story or don't know it that well, strongly recommend it. And and it's yeah. kind of a reminder, and I told uh, Sauce and uh, Sandy this: it's kind of a reminder. This is this is w- why we do what we do, you know, in the condition release program, and, and with greater thought and research, and we would take the piss out of cults. Um, yeah. But uh, but Sandy and Sauce are keeping an eye, very close eye, on the movements of very you know very strange cult like behaviour yeah. that, <clears throat> that, that that arose through the pandemic. It's highly dangerous stuff. We have very few protections on cults in Australia and elsewhere. I mean, Jones basically, you know, but Jones fled San, San Francisco on the basis of some adverse pub publicity, um, and and but uh, in Australia, if something like that arose, there is very little trigger for the entrance of law enforcement. Um, Unless, unless it can be proven that people are, are being held without um, against their against their against oh, their totally. will, uh, or or indeed ch- children are being um, mistreated, uh, other like, than Waco. that cults can just off you go and keep going yeah. in Australia because we have this sense of religious freedom.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so anyway.
0: Yeah, um, 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 well worth a look. Uh, that's Judge Terror in the Jungle. The last episode will leave you stunned. Ooh, now, Joel, that's quite an endorsement. Yeah, no, it's really, really good. It, it, it left me basically battling, battling to understand all. And I, you know, so anyway, Joel, I know you've been in Mexico and a little bit in the United States, but you have been keeping an eye on. Well, not Pete Evans. What's Pete? What's Pete Evans been up to? And and what's our new man, our new senator, an actual senator, uh, DJ Babs? What's he been up to? <laughs> Zipping well, the penny. It,
1: it has been a huge month, huge, for Pete Evans, huge. with the craggly faced conspiracy theorist trying to weasel his way back into mainstream social media with a post on his wife's Instagram with what the Daily Mail described as a Viking-inspired haircut. Yeah, I saw which that I think was being way too lenient toward him because it's just a shit mohawk no one cares his wife's thing oh he's a viking no he's an idiot shut the fuck (laughs) up but amazingly enough new idea of all outlets actually covered this the best and while the instagram post was clearly just an excuse to heap shit on evans in mainstream media again new idea properly ran with it and here's a quote from the article
0: In November 2020, Pete was dropped by 15 sponsors and companies in the space of just 48 hours after posting a neo-Nazi cartoon on social media. Pete insists he didn't know there was a Nazi symbol in the cartoon, claiming the mainstream media have just come out and labelled me a racist and neo-Nazi. The fact that I had to actually Google what neo-Nazi meant. Is pretty telling. Yeah, not much Isn't of a defense really. The Nazi yeah, means Nazi know. and Neo means new. Anyway, yeah. however, on the yeah. post itself, when someone pointed out it was a Nazi symbol, Pete replied, I was waiting for someone to see that. Ooh. Yep. They're new true idea. Parts. Ooh, new idea. Oh, Stick, that. Stick that. Yeah, that's a, that's a shivvy.
1: Just got him. Just got him. And the thing is, the Daily Mail is usually the barbed tongue. They're the ones who really stick the knife in, and they were comparatively kind to him. But despite his best efforts, this disgraced former celebrity cook still isn't the star of the show. Even though he's tried to weasel his way back into our imaginations, the good Senator Ralph Babbitt is continuing to be the funnier of the two by a fucking margin. His stand-up slash senator routine might be coming to an end, which is making me very upset because he's deleted his Twitter. Oh, no! Um, And... dying here man i love your (laughs) shit
0: it was was a great you know sort of pluming spew of of amusing stuff oh it was
1: great it was constant he was like he's donald trump but even dumber it was just so good the amount of toilet tweets he did which is perfect so once again the conditional release program has been viciously thwarted by a babbit sense of quite justifiable self-doubt and we are all the poorer for it and before Babbitt nuked his social presence, he posted a photo with airhead fucking Sky News contributor Daisy Cousins saying, got to meet this legend, hashtag CPAC. Legend? Because of course he went. He was, yeah. Oh, it's just a fucking it was an intellectual powerhouse. <laughs> but i got to say a big thank you to Celery Sorbe and Harold Bitcherman, otherwise known as at Harold Holt on Twitter, who helped us get these goods because the internet never forgets, but sometimes it's kind of hard to find the memory. Yeah. Thanks, and guys. They, Point is in the right direction. I was looking at the wayback machine; it wasn't really working for me. But these guys know what they're doing. So one of his recent tweets, which is probably a good reason for deleting his account, was
0: "Make families great again."
1: Yeah, that's the tweet. And like, <laughs> even his supporters were confused by that one. Like, people were like, "Oh, bro, I love. I'm not sure what you're doing here, but I love your work. Uh, yeah, fully support you. Uh, this is a weird one, but yeah. like, good. I yeah. still love you. I reckon you're great. I keep fighting. It's like, mate, like, like, were you drunk? Yeah. Like, you know, Might have been was, this, was this like marching powder inspired? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This I'm guessing this <laughs> was a toilet crazy. tweet when he was a little bit drunk. Maybe, you know, a bit of a Tim Smith inspired sort of moment. But he also said this.
0: Uh, the UAP is now officially registered for the Victorian re- election. Hooray. He didn't say that. <laughs> I said the hooray bit. We it's- will be running candidates in every single upper house region. We're looking forward to taking our state back from the grip. Of Daniel Andrews. He didn't call him Dictator Dan. Damn it.
1: No, no. He had some restraint there. And it's just the thing, like, I don't even know if this is true. I haven't really seen anything about it. But if it is, I mean, let's face it, Andrews is toast. And I'm not encouraging gambling because I wouldn't do that. But it looks like you'll get great odds on the yellow rampage <laughs> about to run rampant through the electorate. Because, of course, as if he says it with that level of confidence, he's a real estate agent. He never lies. It's, it's, it's got to be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, put your put your money on some UAP candidates. Apparently, they are going to be the majority in uh, Victoria, or at least taking the state back from the grip of Daniel taking Andrews. Which, uh,
0: Look, they might get a couple up, but uh, I mean, yeah. who knows, but they might, they are. might. Um, but but yeah, I mean, they're not going to be taking the state back. From if the they deregistered
1: the party, and then I guess they probably deregistered federally. But like they realistically, are, yeah. like what, like what candidates are they running? Like, what, like no, it's just no, yeah. there's nothing.
0: I mean, look, we are talking about the upper house. And and I don't know how much representation. It'll be very interesting to see because they'll have to nominate candidates very soon for the lower house, where it all happens, of course. It's going to be very interesting. We'll keep an eye Mm -hmm. on that. And then, of course, he said this stupid fucking thought. The left wants you to eat bugs. There you go.
1: Which is, as usual, using a complete misunderstanding of the WF, which is now apparently the left, to push some bizarre idea that we're all about to eat bugs. In the meantime, the other night... I was served cricket salt and worm salt with my mezcal because people have been eating bugs since fucking forever. Yeah, but made And making, people are morons you're, you're, not knowing we're that.
0: We're talking about you being made to eat bugs. Held oh, down. yes, of
1: course. Strapped down and, and, and served cricket a, salt. given a
0: handful of mosquitoes, yeah. It's just fucking stupid. So
1: now that Zip has delivered his socials, we're going to have to ration
0: it? the gold that comes from his
1: fingers because there's such good stuff and we only have so much time So there's some real bangers up our sleeve and I'm going to keep them up there until we unleash them upon you in the coming weeks. But let's face it, we don't need to ration shit. He'll be back because they always
0: come back. They always do. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app.
1: Jack, we found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider, and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. We set up a Facebook page you can find fairly like, easily. Just search for it. But as usual, promoting a podcast is easier said than done. We need to get our listeners back up. We've had an absence. So if you'd share this episode or a past episode that you especially enjoyed on social media or I don't know, in your like work lunch room. We'd be eternally grateful. And we're not going to ask for money this week. We are going to hold short because, well, I'm on holiday and we've done jack shit to earn it. But once we get back on a roll, we'll be once again asking for your financial support, just like Bernie Sanders in the snow. Because I'm fucking broke. This trip has been so expensive. I actually have no money. I have no money. So we need Rogan numbers, ASAP. I'm going to sell out to the first bidder, Honestly, as long as it's like three figures, I'll take it because I need to pay down all the 7-Eleven nachos I've eaten and it's been worth it. (laughs) Press a button and cheese comes out. You press a button and cheese comes out. You just keep pressing the button and cheese keeps coming out. (laughs) There's no stopping it. There's no stopping it. (laughs) It's the best.
0: It's it's impossible to ignore. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the Condition Release Program. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to tell us that you're from the Sinaloa cartel and you're you're waiting poolside for Joel to arrive. Um, Um, I'm okay with that. It. I've had a good trip I'm done <laughs> and I've got no money so just shoot me now thanks listeners we'll see you next time and bring <laughs> thanks, great, to guys. great to be in touch again we'll speak to you pleasure too. we next still week. exist we
1: love you we still exist keep listening see ya you I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people fuck me you guys are bastards